Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott joins us, so let's turn it to Tim Lacombe. Ma, did they crack the code tonight, or did they just outlast them with more firepower and a better team without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the floor? You know, I think it was a combination of both, and, and I'll tell you why. I think, um, obviously, depth was an issue, and you, you knew that the Jazz just were going to wear them out. So I, I think a portion of it goes to depth, but I think the part of the the game plan that really resonated to me in the first half uh, and we've seen this a bunch, uh, particularly against this type of offense. It slows the Jazz down or speeds them up, but more than anything, what it does is they just sit and try to analyze what's going on as opposed to just playing. Uh, I, I thought we saw that a little bit in the Boston game, a similar defense. Um, I've always been so impressed when Quinn takes the team in at halftime. They get an opportunity to talk about what's going on. And the biggest difference, and I think maybe the code crack, was really the way you have to play through that is with force. And they, there were several plays where the Jazz just would not be denied. Um, you know, I think they cleaned up the defensive glass, which is a big piece against the Clippers. But more than anything, they, they, they played with more force with the ball in their hands. Um, and that created opportunities then for Rudy to be more open. Um, if you don't attack switching, uh, you don't put some wrinkles in there. They can switch all night and cause you a ton of confusion. And I felt like that after the first half, the Jazz did a much better job of addressing that. Well, that was the game plan was to attack the the one through five switch. So I agree with you there. But the Clippers were scoring on the Jazz. I mean, they were, you know, 51 points at the half, and and they had made what two? Well, they weren't really shooting the three, but they were getting to where they wanted to go um, offensively against the Jazz. So the Jazz had to figure something out in order to keep them from, from scoring at will like they were doing in that, in that first half. Yeah, and again, offensive rebounds were huge. You know, gave the Jazz extra possessions. And, and like you guys mentioned, they turned them over. You know, it was a game where they jumped into that opportunity not having a, a true point guard out there and jumped into them and did a great job with that. So Most steals the Jazz have had in the game all season long. Uh, the concern going into this game, if I had a, if I had a concern, uh, was that the, when the Jazz played some of these better teams with length, getting the ball movement, getting the passing, getting the blender, going to be awfully hard to make those passes. They, we didn't see it quite because we didn't see Kawhi, and we didn't see um, Paul George, so they were a little smaller than that, and they actually played three guards small. But did you see anything that would back that concern up, Tim? Yeah, I, I mean the other guy you're you know you're missing is Batum. I was talking to Jake in the pregame about man how how long this team is and like similar to the Jazz, how versatile they can be. Um, they can play a lot of different ways. Um, I wasn't as high on them early in the season, David, as you as you were. But man, you watch you watch them through the year and you look at their numbers. They really are similar, you know, mirror image to what the Jazz are doing um, in terms of efficiency and, and attacking the way they do. But their game is different with, with Kawhi and Paul George. It's, those two guys play with the ball in their hands um, a lot more. Not that Lou Williams doesn't play a lot, you know, play the ball in his hands quite a bit. But those two guys there, um, they put so much offensive pressure on you that, you know, makes you what you just can't defend them the same way all the time. And they move the ball. They, yeah. they amazingly, you know, they move the ball. They've had back-to-back games twice uh, with 30 assists. So, you know, they're making plays for sure, but other guys are moving it too. I just like their unselfishness. Well, nobody will at the end of the year in the standings go, oh, I, I know you're three games up on the Clips, but one of them doesn't count because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard didn't They're crack. still the Clippers. We're still the Jazz. And so well, it, still, it still counts. So, well, but, uh, you know the way I look at that, David, if they lose it, then what? All right. No, okay. no, it felt like that for a while. You know, one note, Lou Williams, second half, one for eight. You know, that was a huge part of the first half problem was what Lou Williams was doing to them. Yeah, he was getting deep. And one for eight in the second half. The Jazz, you know, the Jazz are the number one third quarter team in the league. Any thoughts on why that might be? I would say it's a huge piece of coaching. The coach is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from my experience, that's a good time to be able to rally the troops. <laughs> Come out of halftime with an adjustment or two. Watch film for a moment or two in that locker room. Uh, were you able to do that at BYU? They they literally have Quinn and the coaches will literally have plays during the game where they'll yell at someone and say, "I want that at halftime." Yeah, we did. 
and they were able to they're able to pull more it up recently. Yet, yeah, I mean, over the last you know whatever number of years, we had some some ability to pull that quick, but we definitely use that. They now have the ability, by the way, to edit it in the back and send it to the iPads on the bench. Wow, that's pretty cool. Modern technology. So you can, Gordon Hayward was the first player to use this a lot. And, he, and actually, when they allowed this, Gordon changed his substitution pattern because Gordon used to want four or five pick and rolls early in the game, and he'd want the clip sent to the iPad so that when he came off the bench, he could go look at those plays and see how they were guarding him in the pick and roll before he came back in the game for a second stint. That's, that's efficiency. What? They do the same with football, don't they? Yeah. You guys, yeah. quarterbacks. It used to be game. just books they would flip through, and now they actually have those right. pads. Right. It's the idea of your first. There was a period of time where Quinn scripted more than the first. He now scripts the first play. Tonight was for Royce and Neil, not surprisingly. Um, there was a period of time where Quinn used to script a certain amount of the first few plays of the game to see things, and so they would actually use that video the same way Bill Walsh in the offense. I don't think he does that anymore. Just to see how it's guarded so they can come mm -hmm. back to it. Yep. Yeah. The idea of the Bill Walsh first 15 plays. Now, Quinn's a huge football aficionado, right? Those are the coaches and people that he's, like, he's gone to the Seahawks and spent time with Pete Carroll. And like, he's much more likely to go spend time with a football coach than he is with a basketball coach. Basketball man. He has a basketball man. It might be because he's the best basketball coach in the world. <laughs> so why would he spend time with someone? Okay. All right, guys. See you guys. Thank you very much. Jazz win again. 20 out of 21, 114 to 96 is your final. We're breaking it down next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz win again, 20 of 21, 114 to 96 over the L.A. Clippers. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. And uh, this one wasn't the prettiest win we've seen, Tim, but amazing. Uh, they come out with a huge fourth quarter outscoring the Clippers 33-21 to 21 and pull away and make it look easy. See, I, and I actually thought it was beautiful. You know, it, it really was kind of a workmanlike um, approach, and both teams got after it. Both teams were definitely locked in. But I, I just loved the consistency in, in the way the Jazz can you, you found ways to, to get an advantage and win the game. Um, you know, it is not... Uh, it, it's just another night where, you know, they were not totally clicking and found ways to make adjustments, and that big run was waiting for them, and they got on that run and never looked back. Monster night for Rudy Gobert tonight, 23 points on 8 of 12, shooting 7 of 8 from the line. He had 20 rebounds, and uh, officially on this box score I've got, he's he had one block shot, but I could think of two off the top of my head, so I don't know what the, the scorekeeper is going out there. But he had the the block on Lou Williams. Uh, out it was probably one of those. Was that 27? Right. Or? And then I think it was Zubats who tried to go to the rim, and Rudy just said, not tonight. I don't even think it got up above the bottom of the backboard. Not tonight, Zubats. So maybe they didn't give him a block. I don't know. Officially, Rudy goes down with one block shot, but uh, that confuses me a little bit. But, hey, Rudy, just a monster at both ends of the floor. He's just he's amazing. Uh, changes so many shots. But he was really good offensively. I, I thought he might have made the very best uh, play he's made all year, if he, not counting in dunks, but went on a roll. He caught it. And there was a guy between him and the basket, which has been an issue. And he really kept his head up. He took the contact. He really had intentions of dunking it, but he got all the way there and laid it in. Um, he's making strides, catching it and finishing. And it was particularly with the defender there in front of him. He got hit in the face. He got just right, clocked right in the face and finished it and made the free throw. I actually thought Rudy made a point of going to the basket. This is... And maybe I'm missing a game here or there. They kind of all run together. But this is as strong as he's gone to the basket in any game that I can 100 percent agree. I actually had that same thought. He he was, what's the word? He was not going to be denied at the rim. And he did a great job of attacking it. And I'm telling you, I, I tweeted this out during the game, but Alex Jensen needs to get a head coaching job just on the development of Rudy alone. Um, watching this guy. It's crazy. He takes another big step tonight just on finishing around the rim. 
Well, I mean, there are so many plays, you know, pulling back the curtain. You and I are sitting here watching the games uh, together, and um, Rudy does something cute around the rim, and you and I are both going, just just dunk that thing, big fella. You are a, you are a giant, strong man. Just go in and and force it and dunk it. And and he did that a bunch tonight. And I, I just thought, even on that play you're talking about where he didn't dunk it and he had the layup, I mean, it was a strong move to the basket. He wasn't going to be denied and then ended up finishing it. So, I mean, that's that's got to be the next step for him because I don't think he's that I don't think that Euro step is ever going to be his go to. I mean, I think it's got to be go up strong and, and force the, the Euro or the basket finish. Yeah, toss finish isn't. But I'm telling you, he's starting to it's it's happening at the catch level. He's starting to figure something out and the guys are putting the ball right on the money. And because a big guy, you're rolling, right? You're 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 probably getting hit on the roll, first of all. So you have to play through that contact. Then you've got to identify where the ball is and catch it. And then that third piece is finishing it. And I'm telling you, he's he's got the physical part down. He's really starting to make strides on the catch, and that's making the, the, the finish easier. Donovan had 24-7-7 tonight. Donovan had four steals as well. How about that? That's a great number for him. Uh, Jordan Clarkson with 18 coming in off the bench. Joe Ingles with 14. Uh, Royce O'Neal with 12, as uh, Locke pointed out. 13 steals tonight. That's a, a season high for this Jazz team. They just don't force a whole lot of steals. It's not how they play defense, but it, it, it seemed like they did a good job of getting in passing lanes tonight. And, again, as Locke noted, that might be a team really without a point guard and their ball handlers maybe suffering a little bit, but still felt like the Jazz were kind of heady on defense in that way. I suspect that might have been a game plan thing. Yeah. You know, that they actually, like they have taken advantage of offensive rebounding. Uh, that hey no point guard we really need to to definitely play a little more close and see if we can get some of those all right with that we will say good night to our network stations as the jazz win tonight 114 to 96 over the la clippers our next broadcast is coming your way friday night against this very same clipper team tip off will be at eight o'clock same jazz time same jazz channel same two idiots uh, same the two, helm. two morons <laughs> getting you ready and uh analyzing it afterwards uh, but for those of you sticking around with us, we'll have post-game sound. We'll continue to break this one down as well. Coming up next right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night post-game show brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz winners of 20 of their last 21. They beat the Clippers tonight, 114-96 to in L.A., Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. We'll get uh, some post-game sound for you coming up here momentarily. Well, let's get to your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Jazz tonight shot 42.9% from the field. 32.5% from three, 13 of 40. Uh, they were led by Donovan Mitchell's 24 points on 9 of 22, shooting 2 of 6 from three. But Donovan added 7 assists, 7 rebounds, and 4 steals. He had a block shot, too. Uh, maybe not the shooting game Donovan wanted, per se, but still had a big-time impact. Rudy Gobert, 23 points, 20 rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block. Jordan Clarkson, 18 points coming in off the bench on 7 of 23, shooting 4 of 12 from 3. Jordan also had three assists and... and Four rebounds. Four rebounds. Uh, if you're new to the show, we're... We have a sneaky stat. How did that happen and us not see it? I, I don't know. I don't know what part of the game it happened, so we would have been, hey, it's over. If Jordan Clarkson gets four boards, it's done. The Jazz that, win. That is a absolute fact. <laughs> Joe Ingles starting for Mike Conley tonight, 14 points, uh, five assists, three rebounds for Joe. Royce O'Neal uh, with 12 points, eight rebounds, an assist, and a steal. And Bogdanovich struggled tonight, 2 of 10. He had 5 points, an assist, a rebound, and a steal. As his season continues to still be up and down a little bit. Yeah, and it's just, um, you know, it's honest to goodness is watching it. It's if he has a good start. It's if his first couple go in. Um, and tonight he, he got the ball in great spots, and it's almost like everything kind of compounded. But he hung with it and still made some big-time plays and uh, – you know, that, that was the key to this team. This win was everybody just kept doing what they do well. You're totally right about that. Did not get kind of get thrown off. Panicked. Yeah, exactly. Not a not a panic. I, You know, the fourth quarter was incredible. Actually, the entire second half uh, was, uh, was really, really good from the Utah Jazz. In fact, uh, I did the math real quick. They outscored them. Let's see, what is this, 68 
to uh, 45. I think that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good. I think that's that's pretty good. But the Clippers threw a couple things at him defensively. We talked at the half, and and even at the half, it didn't feel real flustered. It wasn't real pretty, but it didn't feel like they were pressing. And then they just came out and and kept doing what they do. And uh, I I thought you made a real great point when we were talking during crosstalk with the the switching defense and what the Clippers were doing. They just got real aggressive. You know, I'm thinking even Donovan going up against Patrick Beverly, where he was struggling on one possession, and Derek Favors came out and just tattooed Beverly on a screen. And the Jazz got the Donovan came off and hit a jump shot. So I mean, just force is the key word. I think. Yeah, it's it's a you know I'm trying to paint a picture of this because I think when teams play play you like that, um, you know, there's different ways to play. Obviously, teams will zone sometimes to be able to take away penetration um, and still be able to get shooters. But in in this case, they were playing so tight on the Jazz, they were not leaving shooters. Um, they were switching the pick and roll. And it was really difficult to find windows. And what it really makes you do is take a step back and give up even more space. And what you actually have to do is lower your head and create your own space. And so it's almost like there was a feeling out process like a fighter goes through in that first half. Um, And they were looking for the weaknesses. They went in, talked about what it was. And, you know, again, came out, played with great force and just kind of were able to outlast a team that was a little bit out of depth. Be interesting to see when that team's at full strength again, how those teams, you know, how the matchups are and how they play. But my assumption was they'll probably stay with what they did tonight. And we talked at half as well. If they're going to hug the shooters, that means Rudy should have an opportunity to go out there and eat. And he figured it out in the second half. And, you know, even though they were switching, he forced his will on the Clippers and had a bunch of nice plays right around the rim and, and made his foul shots. I Well, I still think people were freaking out too much about his foul shots, but tonight, uh, in fact, let me bring it up. But that's what we do. We freak. Seven of eight from the Seven line. Seven from eight. Yeah. Awesome. And, and even um, there was there was a couple of really good plays where, you know, they really started to slip those screens and Rudy got open on slips because when you switch, one of the things you have to do is the defenders have to come together. You almost have to build a wall. And when a guy slips that, all of a sudden you've lost responsibility. And the Jazz did a great job slipping and just causing some, con, you know, some confusion on the on the Clippers' part. And then almost just drive it right off of Rudy's backside when he when he slips. So they were able to create their own space. All right, let's get a little post game sound going. Let's start things off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. All right, we'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Thank you. So even though you guys were uh, struggling offensively in the first half, it seemed like Rudy's defense was really kind of keeping you, you know, within shouting distance as it, as it became apparent they were kind of maybe not afraid but hesitant to challenge him. What can you say about uh, the job that he did down low tonight just in kind of keeping you guys within uh, within shouting range? Well, really, you know, he's been, it's what he, what he does. Um, and, uh, you know, tonight, uh, that's something we've talked about, you know, defending, um, even when we're not playing as well on the offensive end. And I thought the second half, we started pushing the ball on some of the stops we got. And as you said, he, you know, we can't take it for granted because uh, he just impacts the game. Uh, inspects it in a lot of ways, and tonight you saw it on the defensive end as well. I shouldn't Kristen say Kenny. as well. Tonight you saw it on both ends. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Building off of that, Coach, can you just describe his mentality? I mean, we're, we're talking about him what, tonight in the game and just noticing that he's always playing with, with an edge, like a chip on his shoulder. I just think he's competitive. Um, you know, we had a lot of guys uh, compete tonight. You know, Rudy's not alone. Um, and I think when, you know, when you're a competitive group, uh, you're more urgent. You know, you find ways to, to make plays for one another because, you know, winning's in, in the front of your mind. And, you know, there, there's games where you know, the, the box score doesn't show uh, the things that he does. Um, tonight it did. And as you said, you know, he's he's not trying to prove anything. He's just playing and he's just competing. And you know, that's what we that's what we get from our, our whole group. And you know, he can he can lift you when he's doing that, particularly on the defensive end. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. 
Quinn, out of my own ignorance, how, how similar is the way Joe plays now to the first time you saw him when he was in Europe and, and how much has changed? Well, I, you know, I think he, he's grown as a player. You know, I, I, it's hard to compare. Um, well, it's not hard to compare. I, I think back about, um, you know, when he was battling, you know, to get on the floor, he, he got on the floor defensively. And, you know, that's something I think, you know, it's, it's hard to maintain consistency defensively, you know, as you're playing 34, 35, 36 minutes. And there, there's been a real focus on his part. Um, you know, he can do it for, he, he's playing more minutes right now with Mike out, but I, I think he's really purposeful on the defensive end. His pick and roll game is something, um, you know, that, that he's developed, you know, the synergy that he has with, with our bigs, with Rudy and Fave. And I, I think, uh, you know, he's also really improved his finishing. And, you know, when, when you get the threat of finishing and also dropping the ball off to the big, that, that opens other things up as well. So I, I think the fact that he started to play a lot of pick and roll um, over a few years, you know, he's just gotten better at it. And he's, he's finding more people and making better reads. And um, the other thing, you know, he, he jokes about it. We joke about it a little bit now is he's just – He's not hesitated at any point on a shot and taking it in transition, taking it off the dribble. He's always been a great catch and shoot guy uh, in the half court. And I think he's really, you know, he's been more aggressive. He's taken that to heart, um, you know, and as a result, you know, it adds, I would say it adds another dimension to his game because it's there, but um, it sets up a lot of other things that he's doing. And, you know, the way that we play is, is very different from the way that, you know, they played in Barcelona when I first saw him. It was more of a half-court game. And I think the thing, you know, I don't know how old he is right now. I know he's in his 30s, um, you know, but he was an older player by, you know, comparatively when, when he got to the league. And, you know, his commitment to, to working on his game and improving, I think, is something that, you know, we feel like you can continue to get better. There's no ceiling on anybody based on their age, and that's that's what he's done. David James, KUTV. Obviously, they had to start a different kind of lineup with the guys they're missing, but how much does that group's uh, energy and the way they defended the three-point line early in the game give you guys a problem? And, and how much do you think you'll see teams try to copy that later on? Well, you know, I think teams want to take away the three. Um, they want to take away the rim. Um, and they're, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, you know, obviously, without some of their guys, um, you know, they're, they're different the same way. You know, any team is different. But, uh, you know, they, they compete regardless. And, and you know, they're, they're a really good team. And they play really good defense. And that's a credit to, to Ty and their, and their whole team. But, um, they're shifted. Uh, you know, they're disciplined with what they do and they play really hard. So um, that combination is going to make you a good defensive team. And, you know, we're always going to have to work to try to get the things that we want and they make it hard. Last question, Andy Larson, Select Tribune. Quinn, with that defense, I mean, you guys struggled to break it down in the first half in half court. Second half, you guys got out in transition a little bit more, but even just on the half court possessions, you had more success. What, what was it that led to that success in, in half court specifically? Well, I think whether it's a make or a miss, you know, pushing the ball and playing, you know, with force, it's easier to do. I, I think, you know, when you get stops because there's more, you know, possibilities there, guys run with more of an expectation that they, they may get the ball. Um, I didn't think we did that on makes or misses uh, in the first half. And as you said, I think they feed off each other. There's no reason um, that we shouldn't be running, you know, particularly our wings and our bigs, um, you know, to, 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 our, to, to spacing uh, on makes as well. But if you start a possession, you know, with force and with precision in terms of your spacing, um, you know, good things happen. You can usually carry that through. And we weren't running hard enough at the start of the game. And usually that means we're not spaced well. And if we're not spaced and we're not running, you know, things are going to bog down. All right, that's it. Thank you, Coach. 
All right, there you go, Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder touched on a number of different things there, but uh, giving Rudy a lot of love there at the beginning and the impact that he's having out there. And he, he made an interesting comment that Rudy's impact doesn't often uh, translate the, to the box score, but tonight it did. You've done this, so you've done this many years. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a rookie. But tell me, you, you see a difference in Rudy this year in terms of, I mean, we've always been a presence, you know, but do you see like a a energy difference in Rudy this year? Energy, yes. It seems like he's running a lot more, running a lot harder. Um, I know that this isn't a popular topic, but complaining a lot less, seeming to kind of put his head down and get up the floor. Um, so on that aspect, I, I would say yes. But, uh, I mean, as far as how good Rudy is, I think adding the pass out offensively, playing with a little more force, those are, are different. But I thought last year it was ironic that he didn't win the de- defensive player of the year because I thought last year was actually his best defensive year because of the way he impacted games and covering the pick and roll and changing the way. It's, it wasn't just about block shots anymore. So I, I think energy and a couple of those other details, in my opinion, is what he's kind of added this year. Yeah, I, I would that's that's what I see, but I don't have like the you know the history of watching him every night. The thing that I will say is Quinn has to just be ecstatic with the effort he's giving. Um, I, I do sense that he's running harder this year, and I think that that's a huge reason why this all works. And, you know, it's almost something that I would imagine Quinn had to massage. You know, playing a little more up tempo, but man, is he effective? And again, the number of times that people drive it at him and he just isn't having any of it um it, it it's just it's it's a defensive clinic is what it is and it's it's nightly if you want to if you want to tune in yep. go where love takes you in the all-new completely redesigned 2021 subaru outback available now mark miller subaru the official subaru partner of the utah jazz learn more at mark your final jazz beat the clippers 114 to 96 we'll get you some player sound we'll break this one down next as well right here on the jazz radio network Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jazz beat the Clips tonight 114 to 96. They've now won 20 of their last 21. Yes, you heard that right. Uh, let's get to your points in the paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1 800 Go Serta or visit SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Tonight in the paint, uh, it was even. Tim, 48 apiece for both the Jazz and the Clippers. 48's a good number, though. It was a draw on the it was a draw on there. Uh 48 apiece. Um, but that's they were getting beat there and found a way to, to even that out. And I really believe like them closing the door on the Clippers offensive rebounds really kind of is where the game turned. Jazz finished the game with 16 offensive rebounds. The Clippers finished with only nine. And the overall rebounding battle, the Jazz out-rebounded the Clippers 52-48, to 48, and it certainly didn't look like they were going to out-rebound uh, the Clips tonight. In fact, while we're on that note, let's do the Master of the Glass. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass, of course, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, 20 boards tonight. Fourth time in Rudy's career that he has gone 20 and 20, and the Jazz have won all four of those games. I told Jake as if he gets his 21st rebound and then gets subbed out, 2021, we're going to win a championship. So I was trying to end it, uh, you know, all the anticipation right. tonight, but he didn't get that extra. Not one. quite. So Way we got to gotta, go. we gotta wait for another sign. All right, let's get some post game player sound going for you. Let's throw things back to LA where Donovan Mitchell is standing by. All right, we'll get started with Tony Jones, the athletic. Um, you know, can you talk about, you know, just how uh, Rudy impacted you guys on both ends tonight? Uh, he was the aggressor, man. You know, I think um, just on the boards, I mean, the stats the stats show one thing, but you look at the little things, you know, sprinting down the floor, the, the tips that he had, the finishes, finishing through contact, dunking the ball. You know, I think that's something that, you know, really set the tone. It was similar to how he played in um, 
we play the Bucks. You know, when he dunked on Giannis, it kind of set the tone. You know, and he did that from the jump. And I think that's that's the really we need. Uh, you know, every day, and he's been doing that, man. I think that's that's really what set the tone for us. You know, being able to hit him in the pocket, him whether it's making a play, you know, finding well, fishing at the rim, finding guys for three, uh, spreading in the screens. Him and Joe have a great connection. Um, Myself and him, we're continuing to find ways. You know, I missed him on the, the quick pass, but still being able to see those things and communicate that, I think, has been great. And um, you have 53 seconds before the TV turns off. <laughs> um, but I think that's that's really been huge. You know, I think tonight was just another one of those nights where he just dominated the glass, um, and I think that was that was that was huge for us. Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. John, the Clippers defense made you guys work for your shots, especially in that first half. What what stood out to you about their defense? They were just aggressive. You know, when you got Pat Bev, who's first team, you know, all defense, you know, for myself, you know, him, him, him stripping the ball early, you know, picking up full court. Like, I think that's um, – that really set the tone for them. They feed off of that. He feeds off of that. So just being able to be patient, take our time, and play through that. And you saw it, you know, their teams have been, if you look at the early games of the season, teams have done that and you kind of didn't know how to react or how to do it. But I think now we're starting to get to a point where we start to, um, we're starting to, you know, figure out how to just play through the contact. Uh, uh, yeah, I can still think about, okay. Um, but yeah, play through contact, you know, be able to make the right decisions. And I think it's just one of those things we haven't seen in a while and, you know, just kind of getting through, used to and playing through it. But um, they did a really good job being physical and we did a really good job of, you know, finding ways to, to go around and pushing the pace more, making them run back. Uh, I think it was huge. Sarah Todd, Desert News. Don, uh, we found out today that Quinn Snyder is going to be the uh, coach for the All-Star game. Um, I know that a lot of, you know, the team's success is the reason that he'll be there, but how happy are you for him to actually kind of get to partake in the festivities? Oh, man. You know, for Coach, man, you know, I, I, I love Coach. You know, I think this is, this is well-deserved. Um, you look at, you know, obviously we, we score, we do all these different things, but he, he writes the stuff down. He's the one that emphasizes it. Yeah, we go out and play, but, you know, we're a really well-coached team. Um, I think that's something that really stands out. Um, and, you know, Coach gave me an opportunity, um, and I, will, I, I, I love him for that. And, you know, just teaching me little things, little attention to detail, um, just finding ways, you know, to get the best out of each player, each individual player. The man never sleeps. <laughs> uh, he's, he's always up during quarantine before the bubble. I can't tell you how many times we have conversations just about schemes and, and what, we, what I see, what he sees, how I can be better, how we can be better as a team, how to go out there and do it uh, in the bubble. Um, continuous times where he, we finish a game, he's right in the room watching the next game, watch game right for the next game. Um, season's over. Sending me clips, came coming coming to see me and talk to me just about what he sees, you know, going forward for this upcoming year. And, and I think, you know, and I'm not the only one. He's seen other guys and talked to other guys, but the amount of effort that he puts into his craft is is, is truly incredible. Um, I got all the respect and the love and the will for him, man. You know, and he's just, just this is truly deserved, and I'm I'm really happy for him. And I know I wouldn't say he doesn't care, but it's not like his ultimate goal, his ultimate goal is a championship, but that. That feeds that we feed off of that, you know. He's like, you know, he hasn't brought it up once. Like, I mean, nor should he, but like, he, you know, would he? But, you know, he's just a guy that's just continuously ready for the next thing, ready for the next challenge, ready for the next thing. And, you know, he won't he won't ever say. But I, I he's 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 the best coach in the league, in my opinion. You know, just a guy who who goes out there every night, you know, competes in his own right. You know, whether it's not physically on the floor, but he's competing mentally, finding ways to get better, get the best out of his players, the video guys. Um, the, the trainers, the coaches, I, and, and I got nothing but, but love for coach, and I'm happy for him. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Donovan, I know it's pretty cliche. They say it about guys when they see the ball go through the hoop that the next one gets easier. But, I mean, you were 2 of 10, and then you did hit that, like, 15-footer, 18-footer. What, what does that feel like when you're struggling and you hit a jump shot? Does it feel like it gets easier? Um, I think the biggest thing is not really thinking about, oh, I'm two for 10. That's where it starts. You know, when you start, you know, kind of going there, that's when you start to hesitate. That's when you lose confidence in your shot. You know, two of 10 can turn into 12 or 20, you know, in a heartbeat. You know I mean? Like, that's how I look at it. You know, I, and some people may don't, some people do, but like, that's how I continue with my team. They need me to, to, to be aggressive in attack. And some decisions, you know, you wish you can take back some shots to just in and out. Some shots that I normally make, which is short. You know, I'm getting the looks that I want in certain instances. Now it's just about hitting them. 
Um, and that's really where my mindset was. And then once you got, once I got to the mid range, I started just taking it, you know, they were taking what they gave me, you know, instead of driving into to a surge and Zubac for no apparent reason, just take the open shot. And um, that was what stayed and that got me going. And then, you know, once I get there, finding guys and continue to make plays, but the game becomes easy. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is like, no matter if I miss eight in a row, 10 in a row, like I'm going to continue to do what I do because that's that's what the team needs me to be aggressive. You know, and if I think about how many shots I've missed, that affects the next three quarters. You know, I could have easily said, all right, let me just chill out, you know, and, and, and stop shooting or be hesitant. It takes me out of what I do. It takes, takes away from what we do as a team. And um, that's not who I am. Last one, Chris and Kenny. Hey, Don, just have a follow-up about Rudy. Can you just describe the edge that he has, that he plays with? Yeah. Um, I think I, I've gone to say, and I've talked about Royce, I've talked about um, Joe in the offseason, but he's a guy as well. You know, he took that game seven loss personally, too. We all did. And, you know, I think for him, we, he found something in the playoffs. You know, I think with him playing the way he played, uh, he found it, whether it was, you know, catching the ball more or being able to finish through contact, being even more of a dominant force on the defensive end. You know, we see it, you know, and he's, he's hungry, he's communicating, he's talking. And, you know, that's that's the Rudy we need, you know, to be to be in the lead team. And he's been doing that, you know, and then some, you know, and that's that's I think that's something that stands out to me every day. You know, he wakes up and he he's works hard every day, works hard, puts his puts the work in and continues to be trying to be the best player he can be. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, translates in, in, into his game that you guys are starting to see. You know, he's had 20 and 20 games before, but I don't know if y'all can agree. I think this is, these have been his best, you know, if I, if I, as a whole. You know, I think that's something that's just, from my personal opinion, these have been his best 20, 20 games, 18 and 16, and he's doing it against top-level competition. And I think that's something that, you know, stands out because he's a dominant force on the defensive end, but where he's really picked it up is being patient, finishing around the rim, catching, making the right decisions. And I think that's what's helping us get to the next level. All right. Thank you, Donovan. Lots of interesting stuff there from Donovan Mitchell, who had 24.7 rebounds, seven assists, and four steals tonight as Jazz beat the Clippers 114-296. First of all, Tim, he did confirm it. Quinn Snyder does not sleep. Uh, we've always suspected it. Uh, and uh, now Donovan confirms it there. So some high praise for his coach, certainly. Oh, yeah. he's he, he is a guy you can tell that is up all night, and he's always looking for an advantage. And, uh, man, I've seen those eyes before in the mirror, and I, I don't miss those nights. I'll tell you, coaches don't get a lot of sleep. but no, we did not. Quinn probably even less than your normal coach, I'm guessing. Yeah, he probably can go on a cat nap and call it good. Other thing Donovan said right there, I love this. Uh, you know, this is your scores mentality. He said two for 10 can be 12 for 20 easy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you know, there's no question. Never slow that. down. Yeah, and, and, he, and I loved how he talked about even, you know, he learned something tonight on how to, you know, get the shots you want to get and, and not settle for the long twos. And um, you know, just he, he's always very, very uh, pretty and deep when he talks. And I, I like listen to him talk the game. And then, of course, high praise uh, for Rudy Gobert. Um, and Donovan gives high praise to to a lot of teammates. He, he goes out of his way to to talk about everybody. But uh, hearing what he had to say about Rudy, you know, he didn't say this exactly, but seems to think that Rudy's playing his best basketball right now and said he's had 20, 20 games before, but this feels like he's he's on top of his game. And that's what we talked about. It, you know, there were there were moments tonight where you feel like, man, he's taken another step, which is just incredible. Um, but I agree with Donovan. I think this one was it was definitely more forceful. I think the his confidence is definitely growing. But man, I'm telling you, his skill level, it just it's almost like watching a, a young kid grow up. You haven't seen him for a minute and they look huge and you see him. But he, he's definitely making strides still. All right. Let's go back to L.A. Speaking of Rudy Gobert, he's addressing the media. Hey, Rudy, we'll start with Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. What did unlock you guys offensively? I think Joe was actually part of it, but you guys figured out the offense second half um, against their ball pressure. What what opened that up from your point of view? I think it really started from a from a defensive end and our physicality. You know, they were they were really aggressive in the first half, and uh, they were just playing harder than us. And regardless of who we play, you know, we can we can really let that let that happen if we want to be the, the team that we want to be. Yeah. Second half, uh, we picked it up and. Uh, and uh, by being more aggressive defensively, we became more aggressive offensively. And uh, 
we we share the ball and we're able to you know get great shots at the free throw line, the threes, and the rim. Sarah Todd does right dance. Rudy, I know that you've talked a lot about how much uh, Quinn means to you in the past and how much it meant to uh, have him there when you made the all-star team. And I'm just wondering what your feelings are now, knowing that he's going to be able to coach the all-star team. I mean, it's a, it's a great feeling, you know, when you, when you look back since, since Quinn got here seven years ago, uh, you know where we started and, you know, obviously we're not, we're far from finished, but you know, the, the, the road uh, has never been, you know, never been easy, but we, we went through a lot and uh, be able to have Queen coaching the All-Star game, you know, is a, it's a blessing. And I think it's, a, it's just a reward, you know, just a reward of, you know, how he, he changed this franchise. And, uh, you know, and uh, I think we all, you know, we all appreciate it. Okay, last question, Maxime. Yes, I, I really, uh, so, what, how do, how do you uh, which uh, part of your game could you improve uh, after a game like this? Um, I mean, there's always room to improve. You know, I think uh, you know I missed one free throw, and uh, you know I think in the first half, you know, there's few. There's always room to improve. You know. Uh, I'm gonna watch film and then see what I, what I can do better. But I missed a few easy stuff under the rim, and and uh, there's always things that are uh, both defensively and offensively that uh, you know I can do better to have my team. All right, that's all. Thank you, Rudy. All right, there you go, Rudy Gobert. You can always improve. You missed a free throw. That's about all he didn't do tonight. Right. He didn't make one free throw. Other than that, I think he did everything. Rudy, 23 points, 20 rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block. I still think they shorted him at least one block shot. No, they definitely did. Yeah, right? I don't Because I can that. remember both of them, too, which is a miracle because I don't remember much. I know it all runs together for me, too, but I specifically – well, his block shot on Lou Williams where he exactly. got out onto – Did uh, that again. One and Locke on one. said, hey, they try to do this once a night, and I don't know why they keep doing it. Because right. it didn't go well. Because right. the shot, it was a jump shot. And Locked it. Yeah. Yeah, but then he got Zubats too. You're right. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we missed something. I'm going to protest. <laughs> Get Rudy a block shot. He's, they they uh, shorted him a block. Come on. All right. Go Where Love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now. Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Find out more at uh, markmillersubaru.com. Coming up next, we'll let you hear from more player sound. Joe Ingles, in fact, is on deck. We'll also get you our stat nuggets from our friend Tyson Ewing. That's all coming up straight ahead. Jazz win 114 to 96 right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night pregame, uh, pregame, postgame show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jazz won 20 out of their last 21 basketball games. They beat the Clippers tonight, 114 to 96. Uh, let's get a look at your three point feature sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. The Jazz were 13 of 40 from three, 32 and a half percent. Uh, let's see here. They were led by Joe Ingles, who was three of three of four from three. Royce O'Neal was two of five. Donovan Mitchell, two of six. George Niang has been hot. Uh, not so much tonight. He was one of seven, although George was a plus 24 in his 23 minutes. So that's not bad. Clippers shorthanded, obviously, their bench unit. Uh, not uh, as good as he usually is. And then Jordan Clarkson, four of 12. Mie Oni was one of one. Uh, but they still got the attempts up, Tim. 40 attempts. Uh, didn't look like they'd get to that 40 number at halftime, and they that's still key for this team. Yeah, and it breaks. You know, the defense at, at some point breaks, and you, can, and you can get some threes that you couldn't get earlier in the game. The key is you have to just stay the course. And, again, they hit that 40 number, which is huge because – the, the Clippers shoot the three really well, and they shoot a lot of threes, and the Jazz basically eliminated the three from their game. So once again, they flipped the shot chart, and it works to perfection. Clippers uh, only got 26 threes up. They were 9 of 26 for 34.6%, so you're certainly 
uh, right about that. As the Jazz do a good job of getting threes up and taking away the three. And tonight was no different. Although, you know, you always have to say Batum wasn't there. Paul George wasn't there. Kawhi no, Leonard wasn't there. Those right. three players make a huge difference. Yeah, but they couldn't play them tonight, so they had to play the dudes that were out there. And, you know what I mean, that's the... The beauty of this thing is it's still the Clippers. Well, and, and those dudes that were out there have won three, ga- three games in a row without exactly. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So, right. I mean, you know, they're they're a deep team. There's a reason the Clippers are one of the best teams in the league and, and in the Western Conference. So Similar to, you know, Conley, Mitchell, those guys missing, and the Jazz just yep. being able to play. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, let's get things back to L.A. Joe Ingles addressing the media. All right, we'll start with Tony Jones, the athletic. Oh, I just want to hold this thing myself. What's up, Joe? Um... Joe, can you get can you give us an, an antidote on, you know, just you know how, how effective a coach Quinn is, you know, something that that you'd feel comfortable sharing with us? Um, man, um, did you say how good of a coach he is? You know, just how well he relates to you guys in the locker room. Yeah, you know, things like that. Um, I mean, I've said it before. I mean, he's a, he's a Best coach I've ever had. Um, him and him and Brett Brown are my go-to's on that question or answer. Um, and I mean, it's. I think it's. I mean, it's different for everybody. Uh, I think your, your relationship with your coach. I, I think for, for me, um, obviously, we're we're close, um, and that started. I mean, I met him when I was playing in Barcelona. It was it was the first time, and. Um, I mean, just a, he's very relatable. Uh, I think he's a player's coach. I think he, he obviously, he, he cares for, for each one and everyone that's that's been here over the seven years. Um, and I think that's one of the, 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 the coolest parts, the best parts is when you've got a coach that actually cares about you, not just as a player and, and how I can get left and how he's going to put me in a, the, the best position to do that. But to ask about your family, ask about your kids, ask about what's going on off the court. Um, obviously, for for me with the the Jacob stuff and all that is is something that was huge back then. So um, the X's and O's and the the adjustments in a game and the preparation and the the details of um, the development and and stuff that that we've kind of built over the seven years, six and a half years. Um, it's all cool, and, uh, and obviously we're, we're getting kind of the benefits of a six-year kind of process. But, um, yeah, I mean, the off-court stuff for me is is something that is, is something I've never had. I mean, I've played in Europe. I've played for tons of different coaches, but to have someone that genuinely cares about their, their – and everyone. I mean, guys that have been traded, guys that have been cut, guys that are on 10 days, like everyone that's been here um, – he cares about and and to me that that's pretty pretty special and 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 pretty rare i think too eric walden salt lake tribune hey joe i was just uh hoping you could speak to the impact that rudy had in kind of keeping you guys close uh with his efforts on the defensive end early tonight as the offense was kind of struggling to find its footing early on yeah i mean he's huge every night um uh, i think he's it looks different when he has 20 and 20 or whatever he had. Um, obviously, it makes it stand out a bit more, I think, and everyone notices, obviously, offensive a bit more. But, but we we know what he does for us on a nightly basis. We know, um, I mean, he's, he's had games where he doesn't have double-digit points, but he, he has such an impact on the defensive end. And, I mean, he makes all of us look good at the end of the day. He's made me look like a good defender for many years. So um, to, to be able to have someone that, even with Fave there now, like you, you you pressure, you do all this, but to know that you've got Rudy or Fave behind you, it, it makes a big difference. So when he has 20 and 20, it's obviously different and he's walking in now. I'm just talking about how, how good you are. Thank you. No worries. Well, no. Um but no, like I said, it makes a huge difference. And I think he gets noticed more when he does have a big scoring game or a big rebound game. But we know and he knows how much we appreciate him regardless of, of stats out there as um, the, the general fan would look at. All right. That's all the time we have. Thank you, Joe. 
All right, there you go. Joe Ingles. How about that line right there? Rudy's been making Joe look good at defense for years now. <laughs> I love it. So man. funny. He is awesome, man. He just has the funniest approach to what he does, but I'm telling you, he's all business, and he's playing great basketball right now. I'll tell you what, I've, I've always wondered that about uh, players, if they truly appreciate playing with Rudy and how much he makes up for mistakes on the defensive end and you can get away with a little bit more. Uh, you don't look quite as foolish when your guy beats you and then goes right into the teeth of Rudy Gobert. So it, uh, I don't know if he gets acknowledged for that often enough. Yeah, it's a, he, he's a miracle worker, and he is one of those guys that he can clean up a lot of messes just by being who he is, you know. Um, Joe's comments about Quinn were really neat, too. Um, you know, talked about Quinn. Not You know, he said he's, he's the best coach I've ever had. Um, and Brett Brown, yep. obviously, the two guys that he's, his standbys or go-tos, he said. But the part that really resonated with me and is what I sense, Quinn has this um, ability to do a, such a great job uh, coaching the game and not his knowledge and demanding the guys be great, but at the same time having relationships with them all. And, and the piece that he talked about, and it was how I always tried to be um, – you know, I tried to treat the, the walk-ons as the same way I treated the, the guys, you know, the star players. And he talked about, you know, guys that have been cut, guys that have been on 10 days, you know, guys from the G League, that Quinn has this relationship with these guys. And um, that, that speaks volumes. And it really does explain to me why these guys will all run through a wall for him. You know, uh, it, it seems like Coach Snyder's a really good communicator. Um, coach Chiesa was on with us on the big show today and talked about, you know, going over some elements of what makes a great coach. And he talked about uh, how uh, Gordon had mentioned, uh, you know, is it important to be a great motivator? And he said, take out the word motivator and put in the word communicator. And you hear that from players all the time talking about Coach Snyder one way or another. And with Joe, for example, uh, he said, I haven't had a coach talk to me about off the floor stuff and, and care about my personal life. And he mentioned that, you know, he's that way with everybody, players that get traded or cut or, or don't end up with the team. Like it, it just sinks in that, that that's got to be such an important thing with a coach. Communicate, know your guys. You know, how do you expect somebody to play for you if you don't communicate what you want and, and communicate and make them feel important personally? And it, and it has to be authentic, and that's, I think that's the great piece of this is it, it's totally Quinn's personality. I think he's he's uh, totally driven, but at the same time, people matter to him, and uh, that that was definitely evident. And you know, obviously, congratulations to Quinn and his staff for being able to or being you know earning the right to coach the the All Star game. Um, he, he's definitely over his time here built something you know built on to uh, the legacy of something that's been done in the past but he's he's brought innovative new ideas and a great way to approach the game i remember there was an anecdote when uh, quinn snyder first got hired as the the head coach and he went to dinner with at the time the key the team's cornerstone players in gordon hayward and Derek favors and the, as the legend goes when he sat down to talk to gordon hayward they talked nothing but basketball that's it he, he said this is what i'm going to do for you this is the offense we're going to run this is how i'm going to make you better and and on and on and on and then as legend has it, he sat down with Derek Favors, didn't talk about basketball once. Just talked about life, He's how's read, it going. He, he reads the room. He reads know? the guy, yeah. what the what the player needs and how to identify with him and connect, and that stuff's important. Now, I would totally 100% agree communication's number one. Yep. All right, should we go through some of these stat nuggets from our friend Tyson Ewing? Let's do it. Tyson, of course, does stats for AT&T Sportsnet, the television broadcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Ty Ewing 2 at T-Y-E-W-I-N-G-2. And he's nice enough to uh, send us a few nuggets after every game. We've got some good ones. And, of course, we're going to lead with our favorite stat and actually add another stat to watch. Jordan Clarkson tonight had four rebounds. Yeah, buddy. The Jazz are 29-3 and three when Jordan Clarkson gets four rebounds in his career with the Utah Jazz. Now... He also had three assists. The Jazz are 16-3 and three when Jordan Clarkson has three assists. Oh, we got a little, uh, little parlay right there going. So, you know, it's almost a guaranteed win when Jordan gets four rebounds. It's almost a guaranteed win when he gets the three assists. It's, it's in the bag. When, when they get both. them both? Okay, <laughs> we got something to log. We have something to look at. So, All right, moving on. Rudy had his fourth career tw uh, 2020 game. He also had his 11th career 20-plus rebound game. Jazz have won all of those games. 
Amazing. That is amazing. Keep actually. that going. Yeah, keep that rolling. I'm, I'm not surprised about the 2021, but to win all 11 games where he gets 20 rebounds, that's pretty impressive. Uh, let's see here. Donovan had 24 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, and four steals. This is the ninth time in Jazz history where a player has had at least 24, seven, seven, and four. And the last time since Carl Malone had 49 rebounds. Uh, let's see, seven assists and four steals at Orlando on March 12th, 2003. Wow. So that hasn't happened since 03. Jeez. Now. We're just knocking things off the list. So it's it's happened nine times, and uh, Carl Malone did it three times. All right. So that takes us down to, what, five? Can you name the players? There are four players that had the five times that that's happened. Karolinko has to be one. No, not Andre. Really? I hate when you do this. To I know me. you do, and that's why you do it. You know what? It's uh, here. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. So it's four guys, Stockton, and they're all pretty obvious, predominant players. So Stockton and Malone are previous. Stockton is one of them. Okay. Um. Adrian Dantley. Adrian Dantley. Did it once. Daryl Griffith. Not Daryl. Uh, all, all the the pistol did it twice. Okay, and then Ricky Green did it once. I was gonna say Ricky Green. That was my next guess. The fastest of them the all. The fastest of them all. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jordan Clarkson has the third longest active streak in the NBA in games with at least one made three point shot at fifty five. Steph Curry has done it ninety one consecutive times, and Fred Van Vliet has done it sixty. Those are three really good shooters. Um, but I think Steph's probably the guy that will that thing will just keep going until I can't imagine yeah, not won't have that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he this, had a, another baller game tonight. Oh, big time! This is a, about Jordan too. Uh, this is from Locke. Okay, I'm gonna throw one at you. All right, Jordan Clarkson has won more games with the Jazz this season than he did in two complete years with the Lakers, 21 and 17, and one year in Cleveland, 19. So not counting his half year in Cleveland where they went to the finals. Correct. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's got to be part of the reason he stayed. He likes playing for a winner, I would guess. And he likes guys telling him, hey, keep shooting. We yeah, like hey, get out we there like and shoot you to it up. shoot. <laughs> All right, here's our final one from Tyson. Jazz earned their 18th double-digit win in their 21-game stretch. First team in NBA history to ever have that many double-digit wins in a 21-game stretch. We'll get used to it. Never happened before. Because it's going to keep happening. Wow. I mean, if it keeps happening, I mean, we're in, we're in uncharted territory. We might be in uncharted we territory. We kind of are now, anyway. right? I'm yep. looking around for the buoys, man. There's, we're out here in the middle of the ocean here, bud. Well, they've officially tied the best run in jazz history, so we'll see if they can move past that on Friday. Pretty amazing. I would imagine the, the clips will be healed up for Friday, or what do you think? I don't know. Paul George, that one seems like it's, it's going to go on. Serious, yeah, that yeah. one's going to go on for a little bit. But uh, I think Y still listed as day-to-day. So, And I know Batum's was a concussion, so that's all protocol. He could be. He would, in fact, likely be out of that on Friday. I, we'd have to go back and see when it happened. But there was a chance I knew. Uh, Locke was talking about it today. There was a chance that he could have come out of that before the game. So I would guess he'll be back by Friday. Okay. All right, uh, go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final Jazz Beat the Clips, 114-96. to 96. We get Coach Lacoma's final thoughts coming up next. Your play of the game as well right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Dubok turning, driving, spiked by Gobert. Absolutely eviscerated. Here comes Donovan on the push, crossing over, driving hard to the lane, hands to Rudy, hide the women and children. He's coming high and hard with a right hand. Hammer. 20 for Rudy. And that was the play of the game. That was amazing. There you go. David Locke on the call. Play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz win tonight. Over the Clippers, 114 to 96. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. And uh, I love it that that was our play of the game tonight because that was Rudy's, I guess, one and only block. 
even though it seems no, that like was the, Zubats. That was the Zubats block. That was the Zubats block. So they either and didn't give him that one or they didn't give him the Lou Williams one. I, but he I got don't know. them both. He did, but they only have one on the box score. But then to your point, early in the postgame show here, uh, when you were asking me about this, Rudy ran that floor, hmm. and uh, Donovan gets him a great pass, and he he gets an easy finish. I mean, just an easy dunk right there. Gets rewarded for running. Yeah, it was Rudy was was phenomenal tonight. Um, you know, in 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 hindsight, you know this was a this was a game we all were really looking forward to to see again the kind of the escalation over the last week of of these opponents, and you wanted to see Kawhi and Paul George out there. But the bottom line is that you you faced a really motivated Clipper team that was playing well, and they got into the Jazz. And, and again, once you get into that street fight and somebody gets punched, it's it's on, and you have to stay with it until you know, to the very end. And that's what they did. Really, the Jazz uh, impressed me with their uh, really no panic. You know, they could have panicked with all that physical pressure and the switching and the confusion and just started firing shots and leave the plan. But they stayed the plan. And ultimately, it was just uh, the depth of the Jazz and their execution was just too much for that that Clipper team tonight. And the Clippers were shorthanded, and and there probably was a little bit of a, a run out of gas factor there at the end. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, I mean the Jazz outscored the the Clips in the second half, sixty eight to forty five. I mean that's not just running out of yeah, gas that's, in the fourth you're quarter, putting them away. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and did it with force, and did it by going out there and, and playing harder and uh, overcoming that pressure defense that the Clippers are playing. And I, I feel like we've talked about this a lot, Tim, but you know previous Jazz rosters would had a tough time with the defense that would have looked clunky and probably would have played real hard but came away with a loss this team does a really nice job of uh, adjusting and still going out and playing their game think about the way the first half ended and i mean past years that might have just been a layup you know when the clippers got a steal and took off and donovan chased that thing down from way behind and first of all they didn't foul the guy Made a, and then Donovan comes flying out of nowhere. And th- those are the effort plays I'm talking about. Bojan diving on the floor. I mean, winning really matters to this team. And I think I- I've mentioned it before, but I think that quality, the, if, you, if you start making a checklist of qualities of great teams, another one is competitive spirit. And, you know, this team has fought through a lot of, of difficult challenges. And, and another one tonight where, you know, that the Clipper team had nothing to lose. Yep. And so they just keep staying, the, you know, staying the course. But that competitive spirit was evident tonight. You know what? Uh, I don't know why this comparison just jumped into my mind, but you mentioned that that play at the end of the half by Donovan and, and really that whole competitive spirit. Have you ever seen a, a prima donna wide receiver on a run play? Oh, yeah. Watching football. You know, you ever watch uh, Randy Moss block when, yeah, exactly. the, the, when <laughs> the run is going the other direction or something like that? It's kind of like... I'll stand here and maybe I'll make some contact with you, but I'm not going to be part I'm of I'm not play, selling so, out. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to exert myself here. It doesn't feel like there's any of that with his jazz team. That that play being a really perfect example. I mean, Donovan could have called it and, you know, started uh, getting a couple extra step head start to the locker room and, and regroup, but instead chase down that block, save those two points. And, you know, I don't know if you believe in momentum all that much or not, but you stopped a little from the Clippers and I you got yourself huge. Yeah, you got yourself a positive little bump going into the going into the break. Yeah, I mean that is that is to me the essence of what this team's doing. Um, they're making that extra effort. Um, you know, in years past, where maybe hey thought they had every given everything, they realized in that game seven last year we got to give more, and everybody's got to give a little bit and and. Uh, that's the part of this it's it's so unique and so um, fun to watch because you don't see it all the time in pro sports. You just don't. Yeah. All right, Tim, let's get a, a few final thoughts from you, something that the Jazz can carry over from this Clipper game to Friday night's Clipper game. Well, I, if, you know, I, I'm guessing I would think Ty Lue would pretty much stay the course as far as the plan because I thought the plan was good. Um, so the Jazz really had an opportunity to get a – a pre-exam tonight and get a feel for how they're going to see this Clipper team guard them. I would imagine the switch and the physical presence and staying home on shooters is going to be the norm. And their bet's going to be that Rudy can't do what he did tonight over and over and over again. I mean, that's my guess. Um, So really just, just, you have a day off. The rest is important. 
uh, film study. I wouldn't be surprised if Friday's the game maybe we see Mike come back. Um, I don't know anything, obviously. But He's I'm, on the trip with him. We do right. know that. Yeah, you couldn't have missed those pants on the sideline if you tried. <laughs> those might be the Jordan Clarkson. you got to see the good vibe clothing stuff. It's and for, did you notice the, the like, uh, Tennessee Volunteers orange shirt that he was like, wearing? That had to have been, was, like, uh, who's the old Tennessee coach? I can't. Phil Fulmer? Phil, Phil Fulmer or Jerry Green was there for a while, <laughs> and he wore that corduroy jacket. I mean, he might have bought that from the Jerry Green collection. It's amazing. Yeah. He, he was well put together tonight, Mike. Yeah. You knew he was on the bench tonight. No, yeah. So so the day off, obviously rest, and, and then just to be able to study film and get a feel for what the Clippers did that was effective and how the Jazz can attack it. And as we were talking about, we'll see who we see from the Clippers. Uh, I would guess Nicholas Batum would probably be, be back, coming back from uh, concussion protocol. Dwight, uh, Kawhi Leonard officially day-to-day going into this game, so who knows? I would guess we don't see Paul George. That foot, I think, is a little bit uh, a little bit more serious. But I bet we'll see a l- at least one more player back for the Clippers on Friday. Yeah, I, I would bet so, too. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the biggest piece is that the Jazz just play who's there, right? And it says Clippers on the jerseys, the Clippers in the standings. And so, hey, we beat them tonight, and we got a day to prepare to try to do it again. All right. We want to say a a big thank you to David Locke and Ron Boone doing a terrific job uh, calling all the action as usual. Thanks to Alex Lumberg, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Good old Lundy. Lundy. Probably going out on town after this, you know. Over here across the street. Going to go make it rain over there at the – at the, the, the gateway. gateway, find something to do over there. Uh, but thanks to Lundy, he does a great job. We appreciate it. Thanks to uh, Mark Miller, Subaru title sponsor of Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller, Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. And Tim, of course, thank you, sir. Always a, always a blast. I just kind of had a... a thought I maybe shouldn't we shouldn't make fun of Alex he's got a lot of access to tape oh yeah and I would imagine our careers are in mistakes. his hands yeah. yeah you gotta be nice or he could tape us at the bro that's why you you can tease the producer but you can't be mean to yeah. the producer no, there's he a knows fine me. line hey we've, we he knows I take him a drink every day he knows I love him yeah. I climb stairs for the man there you go all right your final Jazz beat the Clippers tonight 114 to 96. They won 20 out of their last 21 games. They'll try to make it 21 of 22 against this very same Clipper team coming up on Friday night. That game will tip off at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, geez, no, 8 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock now, 11.35 actually. Uh, That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7 o'clock, and of course you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.